Hey, this is Mariah. And I'm Jess. And welcome to Ghoulish Gals Podcast. Okay, don't mind our uh, our crinkly papers in the background. And if I start talking with a mouthful of food, um, it is 1.24 a.m. We got hungry. We had to yeah. make a This is the Taco third episode bottom. we're recording uh, uh-huh. in like one sitting. Mm-hmm. We're losing it. Not to mention we had to take a break between episodes because I had to put my kid to bed. Yeah. Being a parent is fun. All right. You know the movie Jeepers Creepers, yes? I used to love those movies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You know how I told you that I um, am terrible at watching movies? Never seen it. Okay, honestly, listen. Old me before I knew... Because I honestly had, like, no idea about, like, the director, the creator or whatever. Mm-hmm. How he was, like, super pedophilic. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I had no idea. And so I... Previously, I would have been like, you gotta fucking watch them. But now I'm like, eh, they're subpar. I'm gonna listen back to that. And it's just gonna be... <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> with a mouthful of fucking burrito. It's okay, you can edit that part out. <laughs> edit me giving the spoiler. <laughs> Spoilers? No, so I am really bad at watching movies. To all of our, our listeners, in present and future, don't tell me to watch a movie. Because I will tell you I'm going to watch that movie. I will never fucking watch that movie. Also, don't make a mummy reference around her. You know, the Brendan Fraser, our lord and savior. I've seen that one. What one was it you told me you hadn't seen? I don't fucking remember. That was, I don't remember this conversation. It was uh, yesterday? No, the day before. Whenever. <laughs> whenever. <laughs> it was whenever you came to get the cookies. And then I told you that Ryan. I had tried to make a mummy reference to Ryan. And he had never. He told me, I've never seen that movie. And then Sam looked at you and said, Neither has she. <laughs> I. I have seen... Okay, I may not have sat down and watched the full mummy, Brendan Fraser. Then you are fucking heathen. <laughs> but I love him. Oh. And I've seen parts of it. I've probably seen enough to be okay I love... Anyway. <laughs> I love how, like, we've all come together for Brendan and been like... For real, Hollywood's such a... Don't give a shit that you're, like, a big guy now because we, don't we care. love that. We're just more cuddly. I don't give a shit that you gained weight. Mm. Honestly, still so fucking hot. Mm. All I care about is your acting. Mm-hmm. And you're just like a gem. You are just like such a gorgeous human. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god. So, this story I'm gonna tell you about is not Brendan Fraser. It's not Brendan Fraser. It is um. Oh, well, we could do a whole ass episode on what happened to him. Jesus. I mean, we could. Um, this is about the murder that inspired... And like I the was, film franchise? I wanted to say it inspired Jeepers Creepers, but... Like, it did and it didn't. Mm-hmm. It really only 
inspired the opening scene, like the first five-ish minutes of the first movie. Oh, okay. From what I take of it, because, right. you know, research and articles, but I also watch the old um, Unsolved Mysteries from, like, back in the 80s, 90s, and I watched the segment on this, and then I went and watched the opening clip on YouTube of Jeepers Creepers, and they literally, and I'll get into it more, but they literally took the reenactment from Unsolved Mysteries and put it into Jeepers Creepers, but changed the relationship of the two people and the type of car they were driving and then made the bad guy. Huh. Like a super scary, crazy monster. And then when you like, he's not even that, listen, there's theories that like the monster's not even like the bad guy, but he's trying to like keep the big, big bad guy. From, anyways, no, um, I'm pretty sure all of the Jeepers Creepers movies are on Netflix, but I also think I own them. Uh, we can have a sleepover sometime and watch them. Okay. So, the person I'm going to talk to you about is Dennis DePew. Yes, his last I'm name sorry. is DePew. DePew um, Pew. It's just too close to Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he probably deserves it. I was actually told about this um, by a coworker of mine. I was talking to him about the podcast and... He was like, oh yeah, did you know that Jeepers Creepers was based off of a murder and blah, blah, blah. And so he was telling me this story. He told me it was in Chicago. <laughs> and then I looked it up. I'm like, bitch, this is in Ohio. Or not Ohio. It's in Michigan. I'm sorry. Oh, it's I was in... going to say Ohio makes a hell of a lot of sense. No, it's in, it's in Michigan, but it's near the border. Like it's mm-hmm. way south. Michigan, so kind of like where Ohio and Indiana-ish, that area. Also makes a hell of a lot of sense. For real. So, we're going to be talking about Dennis DePew and why the fuck he killed his wife. (laughs) Good lord. And of course, in our show fashion, we have to give some backstory, okay? The little bit What that... is the story without backstory? Exactly. So I only have, like, I have a little bit more on Dennis DePew because his obituary had more information okay. than yeah. Marilyn's was or did. And I think that her parents did that on purpose. Right. You know, just... Like as a respect thing. Yeah. So Dennis DePew was born on June 13th of 1943 in Sturgis, Michigan. His parents were Claude and Elma DePew. He lived in Coldwater, Michigan for 20 years after he graduated from Burr Oak High School in Burr Oak, Michigan. And he went to MSU, Michigan State University, and graduated with a degree in business education and was employed for over 20 years at the State of Michigan Department of Treasury and Property Tax Specialist, or as a property tax specialist. Sorry. That's a long time. Yeah. Like, he was, he's a pretty fucking normal dude. Oh, they always appear anyway to be normal, and that's the most disturbing part to me. His wife was Marilyn DePew. She was born... Probably way too gorgeous for this piece of shit. Um, 
I don't know. They both weren't. They both weren't like attractive. Attractive. They were for the times. They were Average. decent looking. You know. He's actually. Look up a picture of him, Dennis DePew, because his face. Oh, that's what it was. He inspired the monster of Jeepers Creepers. Gotcha. Not the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I see the resemblance. Uh-huh. Have you looked up, like, a picture? You know what the monster looks like, uh-huh. obviously, right? Like, have you looked up a side-by-side? I want to see feel like like a side-by-side. I feel side. like I scrolled past one or something. <laughs> I'm... I'm so fucking spot on. He didn't inspire the monster. They just—he is the monster. monster. God, damn, great, lovely. The eyes, man. He is—he is not a looker. Whew. He, no, he's, he's really creepy, actually. Oh, mm. yeah, I think it's his eyes. Like he just has very like—it's his long ass face. Yeah, it's his face and his eyes. Because like, why is your face so long? And then like. It's everything about his face in general. Mm-hmm. Everything. Honestly. Ugh. Yeah. So. Ugh. Ugh. Somehow, someone found him attractive enough to marry him. And her name was Marilyn DePew. And she was born on January 24th of 1941 in Detroit, Michigan. And her parents were Dallas McClanahan and Betty... McClenahan. What? Did I just... I think I misspelled it. Mm. <laughs> because my dumb ass wasn't proofreading. The McClan... Her, her uh, maiden name was McClenahan. Okay. Uh, and she was a school counselor at the Coldwater High School where Dennis, her, and their three kids lived. Three kids? Yeah. Wait, hold on. What is the time period? the 80s okay you did say that she had a little bit more of a choice but not that much more of a choice well okay so they probably got married they were married for 18 years they had three kids i don't know how old the kids were they were well i think two were in high school so like they probably got married in the 70s ish mid 70s yeah you will go with it. I don't math. I don't either. Not at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> so Dennis and Marilyn, they were married for almost 18 years and they had three kids. Their three kids were Jennifer, Julie, and Scott. Oh, I was hoping for like a, I know. a three name alliteration or whatever. Me too. That's always fun and cute. <laughs> Is that what you're going to do? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, according to everybody on the outside, they had a very normal middle-class life, but after the kids were born... Oh, yeah, middle-class used to be a thing. Yeah. It, it wasn't poor and poorer. I'm so sorry, I keep making that face. <laughs> you like the fucking meme. You are the meme. The old meme with the drawn man, whether he's like, eh. 
chat. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to go off on another tangent. That's fine. But you know how I told you, like, when I had my short hair and I showed you pictures and I was like, hey, I just looked like a boy. It took me so long to realize it's not that I look like a boy or that I look like a girl. I look very, my facial features are very androgynous. It just depends on how I style my hair. I could do so much. You are the true definition of a non-binary human. (laughs) Except for your genitalia and your giant boobs. Yeah, I can't, I can't do nothing about these bitches. <laughs> but it's uh what is it my cheekbones yeah. I get the <laughs> yeah just exactly oh man I'm and so I'm sorry sure everybody my forehead probably wrinkles the same way <laughs> a little bit <laughs> oh, come over to the tiki tacks and we'll uh, show you <laughs> side by side <laughs> oh my god wait, wait we've Look into my eyes. Let me finish chewing first before I swallow wrong and die on your basement death couch. It's just another death on the death couch. I'm going to move over, lady. I'm keeping you company, apparently. Do we... We should probably tell them why it's the death couch. Okay, hold on. Look in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's too late for this. <laughs> anyways, anyways, it's called the death couch because this couch was given to us by a family friend of my in-laws. And it was that family friend's like mother and she passed away on the couch of like natural like causes like old age or whatever <laughs> but um it's now in our basement and so it's where we record the podcast and it has now been dubbed the death couch mm-hmm. and i've really been thinking like man we should really like try and make some office space somewhere and i was like no we can't really record on the death couch anymore yeah. it's just not the same yeah i want to i want to tell spooky ghost stories on the death couch with our best friend the ghost of your in-laws. Oh my God! Stop. Okay. Anyways, I let you go on that tangent because I wanted to finish my burrito. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out. <laughs> All right, here we go. So uh, now we can really get into it because we're both done eating. So. Yeah, we're we're done. We we can get into the story now. Let's. I don't want to... Never mind. I'm not going to take M's catchphrase. Tim's straight. That's M's catchphrase. <laughs> uh, so they had the three kids, Jennifer, Julie, and Scott. They had normal middle class life on the surface, but after the kids were born, Dennis started to withdraw from the family. And he, like, didn't... I don't know. He, like, stopped talking as much. I don't know if it was jealousy and we'll never fucking know because uh, spoiler he doesn't make it to be arrested. Yeah, what a little bitch. Yeah, so we'll never know. Marilyn 
had been like unhappy for a long time but she kept trying to make it work and then finally she was like you know what i'm done i don't want to do it anymore and in 1989 she filed for divorce and it was finalized in december of that year so leading up to the divorce and during the divorce marilyn had confided in friends that she was unhappy and said that dennis was a bully and was just like mean and not like super involved with the family stuff and he was just like meh and she just wasn't happy anymore and there wasn't a marriage left like right like if you're so i'm also gonna apologize now that my tummy is full uh you're gonna get like the blank full stare <laughs> i'm full so now i'm just gonna like blankly stare at you it's... as i listen that's fine i'm still listening you my have... face just is not it's... computing emotion <laughs> It's late, so it's fine. So during the divorce, Dennis, I guess, didn't really care much about, like, what he wanted to keep versus what he wanted his wife to have. He was kind of more or less, like, whatever she wants, she can have it. Like, I'm not sure I trust that. that. That's what he said. And even, like, his lawyer on the Unsolved Mysteries... They interviewed him and said, you know, or he said, I was always trying to get him to be like, well, what do you want? What are you wanting out of this? And he's like, whatever. She, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want anything to do with this. This is something I don't want to deal with. So let's just get it over with. So um, <clears throat> they ended up agreeing to like bi-weekly visits. So every like other weekend he would get the yeah. kids. But the kids were like, hmm, we don't want to go with dad because, like, he's not fun and, like, he's distanced himself. So, like, I don't know. Other than what people saw right. when they were out, like, they were not Yeah, you yeah. don't know what's going on at home. Right. So, so they're kind of like, well, we don't want to go with dad. At this point, and I believe even before the divorce... Dennis was convinced that Marilyn was turning the kids against him and, like, feeding them all these lies <sighs> about how terrible he was. And they the... always are, but listen, have you ever considered <clears throat> maybe, just, maybe like... just being, like, a present father? Oh, oh my God. Wow. So <sighs> that caused some rifts between them, obviously, because he was always, like, the kids never want to come with me. You're telling them all this stuff. Right. And, and in reality, they he's just, just a piece of shit and they don't they want don't to go. come with him. But for whatever reason, he was allowed to use their guest house as an office. So he left the house, but they let him still use the guest house as like an office for like his tax stuff. But like... What is the point? Are you living in the guest house? Or are you mm. just using it for work? Um, it was supposedly said or assumed that it was a way for him to, like, keep control over his family. Right. So, like, in a nonchalant way, he was like, oh, by the way, I'm still here. Right. Like, I'm you, not gone. you didn't like, actually escape me. So, there was a few times... <clears throat> oh, excuse me. There was a few times... After the divorce, 
he would go use the the guest house. And, like, after the divorce, Marilyn changed locks on the house. She's like, mm-hmm. all right, you're gone. No, you can't come in right. there. Like, you, you can have the keys to the guest house, and that's it. She safety would safety first, safety second, coolness third. You don't know, but if you know, you know. <laughs> you don't know because you're lame. But I don't know. Other people might know in the in the far future if we get more people listen. <laughs> there was a few times where Marilyn would leave and like go run an errand or have an appointment or even like go to work, and like he was in the guest house. And she'd come home to the doors being locked still. But his ass was sitting on the couch watching TV. So he's either copied a key or mm. he uh, figured out how to pick a lock real fast. Uh, he kept getting in the house. And she was she was not having it. She was like, this is like scaring me more than... Well, right. And it was... I'm assuming, like, it was part of the divorce, like, you can be in the guest house for work, but you don't... Mm-hmm. Unless, like, you're coming to pick up the kids, you don't just get to right. come in the house. Like, it's not your house anymore, mm-hmm. my guy. You, you, you gave it to me, so bye. You literally told me <laughs> you didn't care. Right. So, when I watched the episode of... God damn, sorry. <clears throat> It's all them nasty ass Taco Bell refried beans you ate. Oh, I know. They're so <laughs> gross. I know how they're made, and they're the nastiest shit I've ever seen. It's okay. I'm still gonna eat them. <laughs> uh, so during the episode of Unsolved Mysteries, he apparently was confiding in a coworker, kind of, sort of, at his job. Not really, but kind of. He would just say like off the wall stuff sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and like they That's the kind of shit that makes your coworker be like, the fuck? Yeah. Well, because they, the murder happened and everything. And then he disappeared. Like he, he evaded police and he just fucked off and nobody knew where he went. Nobody could find him. Like he just was gone for like a year. I mean... I feel like he's pretty recognizable. <laughs> but anyway, so they're so they're interviewing people because they're airing it on Unsolved Mysteries because they're looking for him and they're right. like, all right, well, here's his fucking picture and here's what he looks like. Like, somebody come forward and tell us where this dude's at. Somebody's got to know this guy. Like... Well, because he moved around a lot too, so if like he felt like he was going to get noticed or whatever... Anyway, so... That's true. Well, and I guess, like, I don't know, if you're, like, introverted or, like, don't talk to me. Like, I can almost guarantee uh, if I went missing and police showed a picture <laughs> of me to the neighbors, they'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't know who that lady is. Does she live near here? Like, the fuck? Yeah, well, you also just moved in, too, so... I also don't leave my house unless uh-huh. it's to go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fine. Anyway, they're, like, interviewing all these, like, her attorney and her parents, and one of the daughters was on there, not, and the boy wasn't either, and they had, like, interviewed friends of Marilyn's and friends of Dennis, and they were, 
just trying to piece together the story so that they could maybe try and solve it. Right. Like, they're just trying to get yeah. any scrap. Right. That they can. So, apparently, the co-worker they interviewed told Unsolved Mysteries that after the divorce, Dennis told him one day, just, like, out of the blue, uh, that he was contemplating suicide and murder. <laughs> Listen. And then... If you can't do the time... Don't, don't do, do the, the crime. crime. God, where is that from? I don't know. I feel Forever like that's ago. old as shit. Um, then their daughter, who was on it, Julie, she also told them, like, you know, my parents were just kind of, like, average, but they also didn't really talk when they were married. And, right. You know, so, like, the relationship just was not there after the right. kids were and born. I, I feel like at that time, like, in the 80s, 70s, 80s-ish, it was... It's not, like, as common for your parents to just absolutely despise each other. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that was know. that was a thing. I guess that's all the history on it I have. So, or the backstory. So now, sorry, my brain is, like, going to bed. I'm trying no, to, I'm trying to get I this as, it, but. I'm trying to get this through as fast as possible. <laughs> so the day of the murder... Uh, April 15th, 1990. Dennis went to go pick up the kids for their visit, and the youngest daughter, Julie, made it very clear that she did not want to go with Dennis. And Scott, the young boy, and Jennifer, the older daughter, was like, yeah, we don't want to go either. If if so she's if just, she's if she's not going, why do we have right, to go? Type right. deal. So, so now like, he's just feeling like scorned at this yeah, point. Yeah. So like, oh. this is all happening when he's picking them up, and now you know he's like, the reenactment on Unsolved Mysteries was like he's in the house trying to get them all to go, and he's yelling at them, and they're yelling at, oh, at you know, listen. back and forth, and and then Marilyn gets involved because she's like no you're not going to treat the kids like that they don't want to go just let them be like they're right. they're high schoolers at this point like right she's trying to be a voice of reason yeah literally that's all she was trying to do is like try and reason with him and then Dennis just snapped and like went off on her and started yelling at her and then the kids of course are like stop yelling at her and then he pushes her down the basement stairs in front of the kids. That's nice. Yep. And that's that's not all. He goes down the basement stairs where she's laying and groaning in pain from being pushed down the fucking right. stairs and starts to beat her up in front of the kids while they're watching and yelling at him to stop. He's just that mad. Like, he just snapped. Piece of shit. Yeah, so the kids are watching, and uh, then Jennifer, the oldest, ran to the neighbor's house and called 911. She was like, You know, my parents are fighting, and my dad is beating on her. I need your, like, I need your right. phone. Like, whatever mm -hmm. she has to say to get them there. And at this time, while she's over there calling, Dennis picked up Marilyn, carried her up the stairs carried her I say carried loosely because uh was it, like it was more carry, like yeah like I'm a <clears throat> boost you up like you're doing most of this on your own but really you're not and somehow 
I don't think he convinced them, but he was trying to convince the kids that, oh, you know, I, I'm taking your mom to the hospital. No, you're not. I just watched you do all that. I'm going to take her to the hospital. I'm going to take her to the hospital. Uh, obviously, they never made it. So five hours pass at this point. The cops have been alerted, you know. Oh, they said he said he was taking her to the hospital. Okay, they go search for, at hospitals. They never showed up. So, meanwhile, while that's happening, there's two other people that come into this picture, and their names are Ray and Marie Thornton. And they were just out for a drive on, like, the backcountry roads yeah, in Coldwater, Michigan. You know, just, country drive. Yeah, just out driving. And they were on a road called Snow Prairie, which is, I guess the way they explained it, it's not a highway per se, but it's, like, a quote-unquote highway. So, like, it must connect. Right. I imagine it's, like, the highway in the place where I grew up. Yeah. Um, like, it's a highway, but not... Yeah, it's just the road yeah. that gets you to It's the everything. main road, basically. Yeah. So, um, when they would go on drives, they would play a game that they made up. They had to make words or phrases out of people's license plates. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're looking at license plates and they're playing their game. They're out on their drive. They're just chilling. It's a nice, you know, kind of like, I think it was spring. What did I say this was? My brain does not remember. Um, April. So yeah, it was spring. Easter. God. Where did I go? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry. Uh, so they're out driving and it's like a spring day. And as they're driving... A Chevrolet van comes up behind them really, really fast and is, like, on their ass. And then finally, like, tears around them and passes them. They're like, what the fuck is this dude's problem? Like, right. we don't... like, at that point, you're not, like, so... Oh, man, he's killing his wife, you know? Yeah. You're like, what the fuck Marie guy? saw the license plate and there was a GZ in it. And she's like, geez, he must be in a hurry. And they're like, well, needless to say, I won that round or whatever, you know, in their interview. Like, they're just... Right. So they do that and they're like, whatever. And they just continue driving. And then a few miles up the road, they pass an old schoolhouse. Marie looked over and saw a man, Dennis, trying to dispose of a white sheet that was covered in what looked like from the road blood to so her. So that is like the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. So... Then, as they continued driving, she saw the van parked on the backside of the schoolhouse. And she was like, wait a second, I, that's the same van that yeah. just sped around us a little while back. And her husband's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, because I remember the license plate. And that's yeah. So she wrote down what she remembered of the plate, and they were starting to drive to find a phone. Because, spoiler alert, they didn't have cell phones back then. What? <laughs> so you had to go find a phone. <laughs> they didn't have a car phone? <laughs> they weren't rich enough for a car phone, I guess. I don't know. Make that money. <laughs> so as they were driving down the road, Depew, 
came up behind them again and was on their bumper again, but this time for a few miles. Like, he just would not leave them alone. Finally, Ray was like, all right, fine. And he, like, turned off the road and Depew just kept going. So they were like, all right, whatever. But then Depew ended up pulling over, too, like, a little bit up the road. To, like, wait for them? No. Oh. Um, he was trying to change the license plates. Oh. Yeah, so he was taking Did he, like, know they had, like, seen him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there was, like, nobody else out on this country road that day. And so, like, he recognized the car, and then they drove past, and he saw, and then recognized again. Anyway. Oof. So. Scurry. It's probably, like, safe to say that if they hadn't just pulled off and fucked off for a few minutes, that he might have tried to do something to them, too. Ugh. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, yeah. So, Marie told Ray to turn around. She was like... I gotta get more of the plate number so that I can tell the cops. Girl, you're bright. I'm like, you're nuts. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah. She's like, you gotta go back. No the fuck I don't, babe. We gonna keep going. <laughs> Bye. Oh my god. So, I even put, so they turned around, dot, dot, dot. No. <laughs> uh, they ended up passing Depew again. And... This time he was outside of his vehicle trying to change the plates. But he had left the passenger door open. Like, all of the doors were open, I guess. I don't know. He just, like, got out and, like, started, like, panicking, I guess. I don't know. Just leaving shit open. What a stupid bitch. But tell me why you're going to leave the passenger side open when it is covered in fucking blood. Right. Why? Covered. So as they drove past and saw what he was trying to do... She was like, oh my god, there's blood. I wonder if and he was trying to do it as like an intimidation thing. Like, maybe, do you see all this blood? This could be you. Like, Maybe. Who fucking knows? We'll never know. Oh, um. So, so they drive off back in the direction of the school. They're like, alright, mm-hmm. we're going back. We're going to get the cops. And on the drive back, I swear to god, I'm watching this stupid tv show and the reenactment and i know they're reenacting based off of what they're being told yeah these like i applaud this lady but i fucking would not be stopping until i got to the cops Mm -hmm. she made her husband pull off to the school off the road into the abandoned school to go look for the white cloth which they also did in the movie that's how the oh is um, it yeah, oh, yeah, because you've never seen the yeah. movie. I was going to watch it, and I forgot. It's fine. We can watch it. Yeah, but um, that's how... So Justin Long is in the movie. Poor Justin Long. Yeah. Always gets, like, the shortest oh, end of the stick in all horror movies. But that's how he ends up, like, in the... Because his, um, I believe there are sisters in the movie, or... Brother and sister, yeah. They're siblings. <laughs> yes, siblings. They're siblings. But um, she goes to try and, like investigate like she's like we have to investigate and he's like no and then you know they end up going to investigate and it saved her he like sacrifice anyways sorry so um (laughs) they find the sheet and yes um it's blood and now they're like we definitely need to go tell the police you should have just gone to the police anyway i know let them investigate so yeah there they found it 
the white sheet shoved in a small animal hole, which was not big enough to... Put a body. One, but was not big enough for the sheet because it was like half sticking out. So it was really easy to spot. So he must have seen them drive past and like panicked. Yeah, just tried to get rid of it quick. Yeah. So they went to the... Back to the car and they drove and they found a phone and they called the police. The police had already begun searching for Dennis and Marilyn because of the daughter's phone call. Mm -hmm. And when they got the phone call from Ray and Marie, they went out to where they had said there was that cloth and they found it. And then they started combing the area and like they took samples of the tire tracks from the van and all this stuff. So they, they did a whole CSI the whole scene. Right, right. But obviously her body was not there. So the next day, they found her body on the side of a quiet road halfway between their house, like the Depew house and the schoolhouse. So he had killed her before this, and he was just at the schoolhouse to what? Get rid of the sheet? Yeah, I guess. Maybe he was going to like try and change the plates there because he wasn't expecting anybody, or maybe he was going to... Who knows what else he was going to try and do. And then he got all fucking screwed up because they passed and he got freaked out. So in the end, she did not die from falling down the stairs or being beat up. She died from a gunshot wound to the back of the head. So he like put her in the car and fucking... What a little bit. Yeah. So now Dennis is on the run. And days after his ex-wife's murder... He sent letters to family and friends trying to justify why he killed her, but they were more like long rants and ramblings and they didn't make a lot of sense. And I tried to look for the letters. I really did. I could not find them. Um, I only have what little um, bit that Unsolved Mysteries had quoted or was in articles. Um, In my unprofessional opinion, um, he was just telling people that he's a little bitch um, and that I killed my wife because she made me look bad because she wanted a divorce and um, I'm a little bitch. (laughs) So you remember that coworker that I told you he Mm -hmm. like said the weird stuff to you about suicide and murder? Um, He sent a letter to him. Oh, what that poor coworker I know, was probably right? like, damn, I was wrong. I was nice to the wrong fucking <laughs> right. person. So yeah, I looked up the letters, but I couldn't find them. So I have this small little excerpt from the one letter that was sent to the coworker. I'll try to see what I can do if okay. you don't mind. We'll go for it. Marilyn had many, many opportunities to treat me fairly during the divorce, and she chose to string it out and trick me and lie to me, and when you lose your wife, children, and home, there's not much left. I was too old to start over. I was right. I was right. I'm like, bruh. He sent 17 of these letters. (laughs) To back? Yeah. To, To all sorts of family and friends. They just got letters one day. What the fuck? And a lot of them were, like, states away. So, like, these people probably hadn't really heard yet or had just started hearing about what was going on. And then they get these letters and they're like, the fuck? So then three months later, 
he's still on the run and he sends out another batch of letters but this was a 13 page long letter with 5,000 words and it was like um uh what do they call those I can't think of the word like a, no probably not a manifesto never mind kind of it was kind of like that he had quotes from the bible and more ramblings and rants that didn't make sense and Unsolved Mysteries read a little bit of the 13-page letter. They had it. Or maybe he made it look like they had it by just holding a bunch of papers in his hand. And the cops were like, here, you can read these parts. Um, But one of the lines was, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a lie for a lie, and a life for a life. And then another one was... I realize that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, but sometimes the Lord is too busy doing other things. Or maybe the Lord just doesn't care about you, little bitch ass. (laughs) So now, a year later, they're still looking for him. And they're not any closer to finding him. Because he, like, hasn't shown up anywhere long enough or, like... Right. Like, left enough of a trail. Yeah. And I guess he probably, I guess he probably changed his appearance some too, and you know just to not be so weird, right. generic white guy. Um, he had made it all the way to Texas, and he was living in Texas under a name or an alias, I guess, Hank Queen, because that doesn't sound made up at all. And he had a girlfriend, and he was living with her. And they had been together for quite a while. So he didn't get one woman, but two to be with him. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So then when he was on the episode of Unsolved Mysteries, she had come home from work and he was like in the house kind of running around kind of frantically, I guess. Like... Pick, packing stuff up and whatever and she's like what's what's going on like are you okay are you all right and he's like no i have to i have to go um my mom is really sick and i have to go take care of her so uh the girlfriend and she wants to be called mary that's not her real name but her name is gonna be mary gotcha Mary's like, oh, oh no, that's so, so sad. Like, okay, do you need me to do anything? You want me to help you pack? Like, right, she's just trying to be a yeah. good girlfriend. And he's like, oh, well, would you make me some sandwiches for the trip and like pack me some lunches so that <sighs> I can go on this long drive and uh, I'm going to finish packing up my stuff and loading up the car. God, Meanwhile, I, I don't understand how, but I guess he still had the same van that he killed his ex-wife in. So he must have really cleaned the blood out of that fucking thing. Right. Because, anyway. So she's in the kitchen making sandwiches and packing him lunches and chips and drinks and stuff for the road. And he's running around packing all of his stuff up. And she keeps trying to come to the living room and he keeps going, No. No, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Because he's watching the Unsolved Mysteries that he's on you know instead of just turning it off so anyway um he he gets his stuff packed and then he 
he gets in his car and he leaves. Mary did tell Unsolved Mysteries because they did an update to the case. Yeah. After he was found. Um, she said that the night that he left, she knew something was wrong because his van was in the driveway and he had always had it in the garage. He was frantic when she got in the house and she thinks that he was trying to keep her busy in the kitchen so that she would not see the episode what she was watching on TV. When he left, she said, he only gave me a little peck of a kiss. I gave him a big hug and said goodbye to him. He got in his van and drove off. She knew something was off and that she was never going to see him again. She just was like, well, I'm never seeing him again. So, bye. Oh, no, it's um, the end of the world. Uh, later that night, she figured out who he actually was and that well, he was... Well, because I imagine, like, it's just all over. Well, right? yeah, it's like, nationally it's aired. So he was on the... T- so, like, a friend of Mary's called the TV show and gave them the license plate number of the van. And obviously called Mary and was like, bro. <laughs> uh, just so you know, I did this also. Bitch, you're, you're dating a freaking killer. <laughs> That's how we would break the news to each other. Oh my fucking God, do you know? Yeah, right? Do you know who the muffin man <laughs> For real. So then, <laughs> um, after the police got tipped off about the van... He was already driving, and four hours later, he was going through Louisiana, and the cops saw, like, were chasing after him, and and he he led him on a 15-mile high-speed chase that ended up uh, coming to a stop after, excuse me, good lord, after the police shot out his tires, and he couldn't go anywhere anymore. He started shooting at them. Uh, he fired two Knowing sh- full well what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Or what he wanted them to do was to shoot yeah. him. Yeah. So he fired like two shots through oh, the front window and one of them through an open window. But the cops were not firing back. They did not want to kill him. They wanted to bring him in. Right. So he figured that out and turned the gun on himself and killed himself. Wow. And somehow, I I still don't know how he evaded police and authorities for a year, but because of Unsolved Mysteries, they found him. Right, like it was only because of. Unsolved Mysteries, because otherwise he probably would have lived out the rest of his fucking days in Texas. Right, he would have have gotten that chance. Yeah. Oh, but I'm too old to start over again, bitch. Shut up. Uh, Um, Even though they weren't able to arrest him, I, I still feel like there was a little bit of justice served because he's not living a totally right. peachy keen life. Like, right. he ended up in a police chase, and when things weren't going his way, he had to kill himself. But I'm also glad that he didn't turn into, like, a murderer and, like, had a string of murders. Right, like a serial. Either. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm glad it was a one and done. Because that was right, like that's that could have been really bad. Where you just have to find like the silver lining mm-hmm. or whatever. So, like we've said, it's the inspiration for the Jeepers Creepers movie. A big part of it is like the opening scene. So, um, we'll post a side by side picture. Yeah, of him. And so the the, the two the big monster. parts is the monster and the car. The thing, like the yeah. chase. Um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm almost done, I promise. So the opening scene for Jeepers Creepers is very much the same as the drive that Ray and Marie were on. Yeah, and they played... you were like explaining that, and I was like, that is literally yeah. like scene for scene. It is. They played the exact same game. They, like, other than them being brother and sister, not husband and wife, like, right. they're driving in the country, they're just out, you know. Well, now with the information we have, we know why they were brother and sister and not husband and wife. Yeah. Uh, and they were both under eight. Okay, anyways. You said you were going to, you uh-huh. said it's in your notes, I'm uh-huh. sorry. So, the, according to this article I read, the... It says, you know, the writers took the reenactment from Unsolved Mysteries and used it as the opening scene in the movie. Salva, the writer of the movie, never credited Unsolved Mysteries. He said it was Steven Spielberg's duel that he used as inspiration, hoping that no one would notice that they had just scooped out the Unsolved Murder Mystery show and plopped it in a movie. Well, um, Steven Spielberg's Duel? Duel? That's what the article said. Like, is that a movie? I guess. Or, or maybe is it was like a, a book. Scene? I don't know. It said Steven Spielberg's capital D-U-E-L. So, like, that seems like it should be a title of something. And I probably meant to look it up. And shocker, I didn't. I don't even know how to spell his name. Uh, S-P-I-E-L... G E R G S or E R G, whatever. <sighs> Words are hard. Oh, so it is a movie. It is? Cool. Never heard of it. Shocker. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> it's an old movie. Oh, okay. Old Western. I don't know if it's a Western, but um, this is the, the cast. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's an old movie. It's got to be one of... Well, obviously, this is it's, like that yeah. 80s or whatever. So. Shirley O'Hara. Oh, my God. What a gorgeous name. For real. She was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. But anyway, he never credited the TV series. Oh, it was series. from 1971. So he was hoping that people would believe he took from this old-ass mm-hmm. movie. Um, side note though, like I said, the director Victor Salva was convicted of pedophilia in 1988. So he videotaped him and a 12 year old actor that didn't say either or, and I was not looking into it because I didn't want to know that was in his movie Clown House. They obviously, he videotaped them doing sexual things and you know, that's no bueno. Uh, They also found commercial videotapes and magazines that had contained child pornography in his house. And he pled guilty to lewd and lascivious conduct. Lascivious? He he pled guilty to charges of doing bad things with underage person and having uh, porn of children in his home. He was sentenced to three years in prison, but he only served 15 months. But the thing that gets me is that I was talking to a friend of mine about, I was like, oh, do you have the Jeepers Creepers movie? Because Sam says you really like that movie. Um, I want to watch it. And he was like, I don't have it, which I really should own it because it's like one of my favorite 
monster movies, but um, he's like, did you know that he was convicted of this? And, like, he told me it was when um, the third movie came out. But when I looked it up and I was looking, I was like, well, I'm going to research this because obviously this is going in my fucking notes. Uh, I was like, wait a second. It was in 1988. These movies came out in the 2000s. Like, early 2000s. Hold on. Yes. Are you certain? I looked it up. I'm shooketh. Jeepers Creepers 3 was what year? (laughs) The third one was 2017. The first one was 2001. Yeah. I am shooketh. I know. I thought they were in, like, 95, but... Well, yeah, given, like, the... the anyway, anyway, the, the so, quality and everything, but... So, um, when Creepers 3 came out, people found out that he had been convicted of this and, like, made a huge stink about it. But, for whatever reason, it just was, like, public knowledge, but everybody fucking forgot until 2017 that that was a thing that happened well i mean i didn't even i love jeepers creepers movies i i used to until i found that but i didn't even know until like last year yeah so and i was like that that explains a lot though it's just crazy what you know hollywood covers up oh yeah <laughs> and we're yeah. finding that out way more now yeah. as you know things get a little dicey out there with people uh, yeah, coming out and saying what's actually going on, and poor Brendan Fraser and a bunch of other people. And anyway, so that is the story of Dennis DePew and how he was the inspiration for Jeepers Creepers. Ta-da. Dang, yeah, it's probably one of the more tame ones. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's a nice little palate cleanser, though, because we've done for some real heavy hitters. Already. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's that, and it is fucking, like, 2.30 in the morning, and we both want to go to bed, so... Um, <laughs> bye-bye now. <laughs> bye-bye. bye-bye. Don't forget to follow us on social yes. media, and tell your friends, and email us ideas, and yada, 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 yada. Anyway, <sighs> thanks for listening, goals. We love you. We appreciate all of the support that you guys have shown us so far. Even if it is just a lot of friends, there are still some people that are acquaintances yes, that are listening. And we and appreciate it. We love you. So keep on telling the peoples about us. I anyway. thought you were going to Joe Dirt it. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> keep on keeping on. Uh, yeah. Till next oh, time. Man. Bye. Bye bye now. <laughs>